I'm Clyde Lewis. You're about to listen to a sample of today's Ground Zero show. Numbers to call tonight, 503-225-0860. That's 503-225-0860. Listen to us coast to coast all over the country by listening to radio stations that we have, terrestrial radio stations, thanks to Gab and Sun Networks. We'd also like to uh, invite you to join us on uh, Aftermath.fm. It's free and you can listen online. Well, you can always hear us between 7 p.m. and 10 p.m. Pacific uh, Pacific time, and also uh, we can uh, you can listen to us at a, at a convenient time as well by going to aftermath.fm. I'm sorry, aftermath.media. That's aftermath.media. And uh, yeah, we're having a little technical difficulty here. I didn't know what was going on here, but I'm just trying to get myself set to figure out what's going on. Uh, I just I just want to get right to it. Um, over the weekend, I had a lot to think about, and uh, I actually was so inspired by a lot of the things that I was reading about over the weekend and also following the G7 summit. I know a lot of people probably don't have the time to follow the G7, but I think the G7 is very important uh, to talk about because it's where world plans, plans are being made, and and the world is uh, actually, we're watching the world government forming uh, when we see these meetings happening with the G7 and the World uh, Economic Forum and the United Nations and their plans also We've had in the past the Bilderberg meetings and a few other things that have gotten the attention of, uh, well, they don't get the attention of the media because a lot of people who pay attention to these meetings are either people that are in the know or conspiracy theorists because they really want to know what the agendas are for the future and what's on the docket. I mean, America today, it's funny because the education system has failed in its attempt to create an interest in looking into things like this or at least preserving historical consciousness. Uh, the mainstream media will be a mouthpiece for a political agenda. Uh, they have very important influence on the formation of collective memory as well. And more, uh, and when you look at studies on collective memory, uh, many of those studies have suggested that this effect of including false memory by a powerful narrator can occur independently of whether the narrator is viewed as an expert. And one can imagine a variety of circumstances in which one person dominates a discussion, even though the group does not view the individuals as possessing any special knowledge or expertise. This means that regardless of who sits at a news desk, regardless who sits on the other side of a microphone during a talk show when the cameras are rolling, they are by no means an expert. I don't even think of myself as an expert. I think of myself as someone who knows, knows how to do research, and I know, to, and I know how to deliver research. Um, most of the people, though, in the mainstream media, the legacy media, they are only paid to be powerful narrators. Some of them are paid to be powerful editorialists, but the public trusts them without knowing their backgrounds in journalism or in the subject they profess to know about. The thing is, you got to look at track records. You got to look at whether or not, you know, how their, how their track record is. You look at the media's track record. And lately we've seen that confidence about mainstream media has diminished over the years. News documentaries and Hollywood movies are pretty much an effective and influential means of spreading memories within groups. Even if the history is twisted or glamorized for the public, a lot of the things we believe about history 
have been given to basically the Hollywood shine. They've been given the Hollywood veneer in order to make them palatable for the public's cognitive resonance. And through conversations and viral stories passed around in social networks, people come to a shared rendering of what is going on in reality in the past. And they have and, and they use all this to try and figure out what their futures are going to be. You know, otherwise people would process their own individual rendering. No, it's a group think. It's it, it's the way to move the masses. And there are those who still have their individual renderings of what is going on. Because, they, because let's face it, people do have experience and they have had things happen to them firsthand and they relate those stories to people. When people remember the past in a social context, when they rely on recall, the recall, of course, they get from the media or from Hollywood, there's the potential through social contagion to influence each individual's subsequent memories and thus increase the cohesiveness of these initially disparate, disparate memories. And that's why the other night we were talking about the Mandela effect. It's, it's basically either time has been reworked, the timelines have gone absolutely crazy, or we're developing faulty recall. It's like we have so much information we put into our brains that uh, we have to remove some programs to allow other programs to come in. It's like, you know, I guess the brain has uh, has so much capacity before you start having faulty recall. I mean, all the crisis we've been seeing, all the other things we've been hearing about in the mainstream news now, all of what awaited us could have been prevented if we were just able to see through the programming years before the event. And that's why, you know, people come to me and they say, how do you know that these things are going to happen before they happen? Because we've been pretty accurate in describing, you know, what's ahead for everybody. We tell people to be prepared, okay? We get people to, you know, prepare themselves. You know, you should prepare yourself mentally, physically. You should have food in your house. You should have water in your home. And we provide a way for you to do that through preparewithgroundzero.com. If you go there, you'll see what we have for you. We have, uh, you know, batteries that charge with solar. We have, uh, you know, we have uh, air purifiers if the fires start up. We have food, really inexpensive food with 25-year shelf life. That's all there. So you're do-it-yourself planning for what is coming. Now, if you think I'm a conspiracy theorist, I can't change your mind about that, right? I I want to demonstrate something tonight. I, I I have uh I have this I have these memories and I have these patterns that I try to try to you know break apart and and I try to you know dissect in order to be clear about where I'm coming from and a lot of things I talk about. So I want to demonstrate how, I guess you could call them conspiracy theories, how most conspiracy theories are created by the deep state and how they tell you what is about to happen before it happens. Or I guess it could be better said that intelligence operatives are the first to inform groups like the Council on Foreign Relations. They're a group that gets notified. The Bilderberg Group, of course, meet. Then, of course, the United Nations. And then the Davos crew at the World Economic Forum. And what they do is they talk about what to prepare for so they can plan and carry out their new solutions to the problems they create. They create those problems, right? I mean, FDR, as I've said many times on this program, FDR once said, if it happens, it's because we planned it that way, meaning government. If, if, if anything happens in government, it's because they planned it that way. If something unexpected happens, then, of course, like Rome Emanuel once said, he said, don't let a good crisis go to waste. Even Hillary Clinton said that. They don't let a good crisis go to waste. They take advantage of it, exploit it. And this kind of mindset, I believe, negates the belief that people are always in control of their government. 
They're not always in control. You're not in control of your government. The government is in control of you. And they're not going to roll up their sleeves and take back or, or let go of their power once we've given it to them. That's why once we gave all this power to our governments with COVID-19, they're, they're going to be hell-bent on not trying to have it handed back. I mean, some of the governors have. Some of the governors are not tyrants. But most of them, including our governor where I'm at, is a tyrant. They're, they're, they just don't know how to back the hell off and leave people alone. And we always get told, well, voting is the last great argument of defense. If you, vote them for, if you voted for them, you get what you deserve. Look, I can tell you right now, I think most people understand that if you vote for a certain type of person, you know you can be lied to. And, and that goes on both sides. That goes in both the blue and the red. It's not the red state or the blue state. It's the state versus you. But as we obviously can see, the stakes are, are so awesome now. The stakes are life and death now. It's, it's not just about a pretty face sitting on a throne somewhere in your state government. It's not about a president, whether he's uh, an orange-faced president or a pale shell of a man who's basically stumbling through his words at G7. It, it, it's, it, it's not that. But, you know, we can see, though, that there's this characterization of the good guys and the bad guys. And the only reason why those characterization exists is, is because we've reached new levels of propaganda. Propaganda to create cults of personality, create apotheosis of these, of these leaders when they don't deserve it. Those who coerce you into believing that the government will protect you from terror are likely to be the criminal element behind that terror. They've created it, and they can cure it, right? Right? They create the crisis. They have the cure, and most of the time, you are not in the equation. Everything they do is for their own gain. The elites sell doom porn and look for empty pockets to change it. I mean, have you been following the G7 reports? Because if you have, you know that we are now being sold out for trillions of dollars because of COVID-19 and their future plans to combat climate change. Or, or sorry, the climate emergency, or the climate crisis, whatever they're calling it now. The world allegedly is in meltdown now. The world is on fire. The world is, is, is burning up, they're saying. And they have all the answers as to how to combat it. And this includes dietary restrictions, depopulation, elimination of cars that use fossil fuels, and the redistribution of the wealth to reset economies that will face scarcity because of the climate emergency. I mean, we've heard all this before. No matter what the objections might be, the world government moves forward with their plans. Some of them obviously include the depopulation and other plans that have, proposed, that have been proposed long ago. And I'm going to go back and I'm going to demonstrate for you how these were proposed and how they were happening. And we listened to them and we didn't even pay attention. I mean, here at Ground Zero, we did. And those who listen to this program know what I'm talking about. But I just want to regroup and rethink just so we know what's coming. 503-225-0860. That's 503-225-0860. I'm Clyde Lewis. You're listening to Ground Zero. And we'll be back. I'm Clyde Lewis. And you've just listened to a segment of Ground Zero. In order to access the complete archive shows and podcasts, you must sign up on our secured server at Aftermath.media. It's only $4.99 a month for the archive shows and podcasts. Or if you want access to the Ground Zero online library, which includes videos, audio clips, ebooks, documents, a social media platform, plus the archive shows and podcasts, it's $9.99 a month. Again, that's Aftermath.media. That's Aftermath.media. Thanks for supporting Ground Zero.